Are you listening? Damn. Uh. What's good, people? I'm your host, Jesse Moeller, a.k.a. jmoller 5 and welcome to the rantings of a fantasy football fanatic. Guess what? It's me. I'm the fanatic. So I was doing an episode yesterday with my buddy, Prupertel, and we broke down rookies and guys we were over and under the market on. And that made me just kind of have my brain spinning, and I want to dive into it a little bit more. We, um, the one who was really kicking my brain was listening to Scott talk about some things yesterday. So let's dive into it, shall we? So my favorite website to use for current ADP is Bulletproof. Now I will bring up the website. It is right here. Um, you go to bulletproof.com. So it's Bulletproof with three Fs and it gives you all of the ADP on sleeper and you can use rookies. You can do startup drafts, however you want to do it. So that ADP tab here, startups with picks, startups with rookies, and just rookies. So if you go to startups with rookies, it kind of gives you where the current value is at with everybody. Click the tab on the left, lets you customize. Now we can just look at rookies. So we'll do rookies this year, right? So this is where all the rookies are currently going. And you see how it kind of tears down and tears down. Like Bijan, he's round one. Richardson, he's round two, locked in. And then you get Bryce and CJ Stroud into the round three, stuff like that, right? And it goes down, it goes down, list, 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 list. The end of round one, guys, are currently going right around the early nine range, eight range, depending on where you're at. Um, but there are certain guys, because it's more of a tier, like you have Charbonnet, you have uh, Kane, you have Miller, who's down there, um, Mingo for some people. This is like a whole tier of Levis of guys who are in that late one, like from 111 to 203, 204. All these guys are in that range. So that that's pretty good value for those guys if you're getting around one pick in the ninth round of startups, right? But the way I like to look at it is I kind of want to each position and see where the, the value lies compared to other players. For instance, if you're taking Jameer Gibbs 307, who are you taking Jameer Gibbs over? Now, you're taking him over Saquon. You're taking him over Tyreek Hill, which is a very interesting strategy. Like, that's right there. Um and I know Walker, he's falling, so he's going to fall a little bit further behind them. But, like, that's where you have to grab him at because he got that early draft capital and he's going to be an elite asset. So it may seem pretty crazy. Like, oh, man, I could have Tyree Killer, I could have Saquon Barkley. You're like, or you could have Jameer Gibbs. And basically the way you look at it is you're gaining multiple years on Saquon Barkley and you're getting similar production. It, and it's not a guarantee to happen, but that's kind of what you're shooting for because – as good as Saquon was last year, he wasn't a truly elite asset. He didn't he didn't push up where the Eckler was or McCaffrey, right? He was a tier below those guys. So you kind of have to make that decision when you're grabbing these rookies. Or you can go to our, our next rookie down there, which is Jackson Smith, the Jigba. And here's where it gets really interesting for me because you have JSN going right in front of Devonta Smith. And yeah, I'd take JSN, no problem there. Cooper Cup, Drake London, and DK Metcalf. Now, depending on how you do your values and how you look at players, the one I struggle with the most is Drake London there because he put up ridiculous numbers. Um, Metcalf's a very good player. He's not a truly elite fantasy asset. Like his target share is never going to be insanely high. He was at like 24% last year. Um, his targets per hour are good, but like he's never going to give you the quote unquote like Tyreek Hill where you're getting the elite 20 plus point per game production, right? And now you have Jackson Smith and Jigba coming in who is one of the better prospects. We've seen the wide position in a while. So I think that's kind of a fun decision to make. Like, do you take JSN's wide receiver 12? 
Or do you grab DK Metcalf wide receiver 16? For me, I would take London and I would actually take Cup if I was trying to be competitive. Um, because if you're playing in a three-year window, it's really going to be really difficult for either one of them to give you more points than Adams or Cup. What you're doing is you're playing the value game with those guys where they're going to be significantly worth more money. Like if we fast forward to a year from now, where do you think Cooper Cup's going to be? Where do you think Devontae Adams is going to be? And where do you think Jackson Smith and Jigba and where do you think Drake London are going to be, right? That's the decision you have to make. What's fascinating is like, I'm not taking him above Mark Andrews. Like Andrews is an elite positional player and I want that guy as a difference maker. The problem with wide receivers is there's so many, unless you get a truly elite asset, like we're talking Tyreek Hill or you move up into like the Amon Raz. Um, I think Jalen Waddle is like massively overvalued at the 208, the wide receiver six. Like there's no way I'm paying that price. Um, when you could just get Almond or Austin Brown, who we know is like an elite fantasy producer, right? So there's you can pick and choose how you want to do it. But it's just fun to look at where these values lie. And then we go down to the next like set of wide receivers. We have Quentin Johnston. He's going at the 505, the wide receiver 19. Jordan Addison is going at the 508, the wide receiver 21. Zay Flowers is at the 610, the wide receiver 28. Now, that's a huge gap between Quentin Johnston and Zay Flowers, right? Is Quentin Johnston's landing spot that much better than Zay Flowers? Like, it seems like it, but if you dive into it, I'm not so sure. The difference is Johnston's a he's a bigger wide receiver. He's better than Yak at Flowers. Like, he he just gives you a different skill set. Like, they're similar in a way is how they both can kind of just take the top off the defense. Johnston in particular, his dot was way further downfield. He has the Yak. Flowers can play everywhere. He's just smaller, so he has that yak ability too. But he had the highest dominator in the class for good reason because he was playing at Boston College, right? So he should have the highest dominator in the class. But if I'm taking Flowers or Jameis Williams, like I don't want to deal with Jameis Williams. I got to wait six weeks, and then we got to find out if he can even produce. Like he was not very good last year. He's fallen off of a cliff. Like he's wide receiver 27, and even at those prices, like I don't want to touch him. What I find fascinating is why the heck is George Pickens going above these guys? That makes no sense. Like DJ Moore, you know, he's a good player. Jerry Judy, you have a good idea. He's going to be the wide receiver one this year in Denver as long as he stays there. Debo Samuel, we know is a good player. So I think it's a, actually a fun discussion to talk about Debo Samuel and Jordan Addison. Um, I would take Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison, all those guys above Michael Pittman. Like I'm not Michael Pittman with Anthony Richardson. Like I don't know how well that's going to work out. And Pittman is one of those other guys – good numbers but not elite like there was a point last year where i traded cd lamb or i traded Pittman straight up for cd lamb because lamb was struggling but his underlying metrics were fantastic right so i was like yeah i want the better player um and you can see where how the values diverge on those two players so you can with rookies they're always going to be quote unquote slightly devalued because there's a mystery box actually with them now a few of these guys it's a premium price already playing like we're we're about as confident as you can be as anyone in Bijan. Anthony Richardson has a school set, but he's a mystery box. Like, let's be real. He needs to show that he can do it. But with rushing quarterbacks, you're going to get such a high floor. And he doesn't turn the ball over a lot and take sacks. So, like, I know he's risky, but he's realistically, when he plays, he's going to be as safe as a quarterback as you're going to get. It's not the high the high ceiling. What you're guaranteed to get with Richardson is a high floor. When the passing comes in, that's when you get the truly high ceiling, and that's how you get these Lamar Jackson type seasons, right? Where they're putting up 26, 27, 28 fantasy points per game because it's the rushing 
And then you add in the elite passing, and that's where you just get a cheat code. As we move down to below Flowers, we get to Dalton Kincaid. And here's fascinating one. Kincaid is going a little, like a, a half a round behind Goddard and a full round plus behind Kittle, which I don't know why. Like that one's just crazy. Um, Interesting that he's already passed Fryermuth. Fryermuth was very good last year. Like if you look at his his stats, he put up really good numbers. The, the points per game wasn't great, but like his metrics were really good. He was, he was like, he was pushing for the wide receiver one like position on the team and the like, target rate and things like that. I know they had Deontay Johnson there, but I fully expected to be Deontay and Fryermuth. I did trade away Fryermuth um, last week in a trade to get JSN, but I had to do it. I had Travis Kelsey, David Njoku, Fryermuth. So I was it was um 1.5 tight end premium league. <coughs> Excuse me. And Fryermuth was never playing. Like he was just chilling. So I used him as a boost. So 105 to go get JSN. And it might seem like an overpay, but that's buying into just what I view as elite talent. So I was okay making that move. Now with these round nine guys, such as like Levis, a chain, Charbonnet, you got Miller in there, Mingo. It's basically the pick your poison. What I find interesting in Charbonnet is he's going ahead of Aaron Jones, James Cook. He's going ahead of James Connor. Like those are all guys that are going to give you points this year. And Cook's a younger version, but we know Aaron Jones is still good. We know James Conner is going to see volume. He's just got to stay healthy. But he's going to, realistically, James Conner should outproduce everyone in this range. Um, I don't think you can maybe make a close case for Aaron Jones. But, like, Conner's going to see volume. And that offense does not have much. So, he's a touchdown machine. The guy scores. Like, I get it. But he's as cheap as you want. If you're a contender, go get James Conner. Like, 10th round start pick, that's nothing. You're paying a second round pick for him. Just go get him. It's fine. Um... The fun discussion between the running backs here is Kendra Miller, Devonta Chain, and Zach Charbonnet. Now, a chain walks into the quote unquote the nuts landing spot, and he has very good like peripheral numbers as a running back. I get it, he's small, but he put up numbers and he was productive. Like I and he walks into a situation where they're not afraid to use smaller running backs. Like we see how McDaniels does that. So I would not be super worried. Yes, Charbonnet did go around two, but He's playing in Seattle. We were talking about this yesterday. Like at that cost, I'm not investing in Charbonnet. I would much rather invest in Shane Miller or any one of these veteran producers. But that's going to give me points. Like look at Kamara. He's Kamara's down into the tenth. So like, I'd rather just have Kamara honestly. <clears throat> but the problem with Kamara is he has zero trade value because you don't know what's going to happen. So you kind of have to pick and choose where you're going with these guys. But I find this range of players very fascinating because we look fast forward to a year. There's going to be one or two guys that jump from this tier and move up into that like top five startup range, right? When one of them hits. Now it could be Miller, it could be a chain. I mean, it technically could be Charbonnet if Walker gets injured. And then we get to the wide receivers. And I don't understand why Mims, Rice, and Downs are going so far ahead of Jaden Reed in startup value. Like Reed's going in the 12th round. And guess what? He has a chance to play like week one. It might be a small role, but that wide receiver core just is not very good. And there's a case for Marvin Mims, too. Scott Renner laid it out yesterday very well. That's like Detroit – or sorry, that's Denver's guy. So you have the choice between those two guys. Mingo, he's walking into like one of the worst wide receiver rooms in the league, and he could legit play if he's good at all, which is basically the question mark because his production just wasn't there. Downs, I want nothing to do with downs in round 10 startup value. 
Like he's going to be the slot wide receiver, one of the run heaviest teams in the league. And he has a Russian quarterback on top of it. Like where's the production coming from Downs? I think he'll be a good player in the league. Like his production profile is great. He's just small. And he's going to be stuck in the slot. So he's going to have to be really good for his value to increase. I think he's going to hover in this range, but I would much rather pivot off downs to any of these guys with this range, unfortunately. Like, give me Desmond Ritter, just anyone here. I'll take one of these tight ends. I'll even take Stafford, throw a flyer. Oh, yeah, Mike Evans. I take Bateman. I really don't want – I think Josh Downs is massively overvalued right now. Um, people are more betting on the talent and not factoring in the situation. It's a great spot he's going into. Um, I saw someone was talking about they took him with the 110 in rookie drafts, and I was just like, why? You're just burning capital at that point. But – as we start getting down past round 10, it starts getting really questionable, guys. Um, Roshan Johnson, he has a shot to significantly gain value. Because this is what you're looking for with these 11, 12, 13 guys. Anybody that you can see value and just spiking up. So keep that in mind when you're doing startup drafts. Like, who of these guys is going to just significantly rise in value? It could be Musgrave. Musgrave could leapfrog Laporta. And he could join, like, the round nine with Mayer. Realistically, like you get you get hype on him in the offseason, like, oh yeah, Musgrave's getting all the snaps. He looks great with love. What does that do? This is peak offseason time, right? That's what we're going to go off of. So, for instance, if you're doing a Musgrave or a Brown, why the whole case with Brown is going to be later in the year. He's going to need an injury to get on the field, and then he's going to have to prove it. So be careful. Like, I get it with these value. Like the rookie drafts, it's a little easier because they're cheaper, but in startups. Just like Tajay Spears, Tank Bigsby. Tank Bigsby is good running back. Um, grab him. Like, you know, like ETN, he's walking straight into the back of roll right behind ETN. Guess what? If he gets an injury, that value skyrockets. So it's just fun to look at these guys and see where they're valued and see if they're overvalued or undervalued. Like we have Chiga Nkwankwo down here in the 12th round. Like, would you rather take Jalen Hyatt or Chiga Nkwankwo? Like, I'm taking Chiga Nkwankwo. Like, I'm chasing that tight end. Or maybe you want Corlin Sutton. So Use these values. Um, yeah, I want no part. Hendon Hooker, this is a problem with Superflex drafts. Like, you start chasing quarterbacks if you don't have a QB3. This is where it falls off. Like, Stafford, it really is the, the Latin Jimmy G, the last real starters that you can get into, right? So you're like, well, I guess I'll take a shot on Hooker. It's like, no, dude. He's a, he's a third-round QB with no guarantee to play. And, for instance, the Lions even said, like, yeah, it's, it's going to be a long time before he sees the field. So – just at least go get Sam Howell because he has a shot to play this year. Like, I'm not going to – or you can just trade that pick. Like, there are certain guys that stand out to me as really bad values. Hooker's one of them. I don't want to pay that price. That was absolutely not at all. At least Hyatt, you can talk yourself into him being, like, on the field and playing early. And if he's good, like, he can earn a significant role because the Giants wide receiver core is just a bunch of just small dudes running around and a lot of injury guys too. So there's not a lot for – it's going to prevent Hyatt if he's good. So that's kind of what you want to chase. As for real, like I'd rather have Hyatt than Downs, like no question about it. Just because I don't see a world where Downs makes an impact. Or, like, it's just not in the cards, if you ask me. Or if you wanted, you and oof, I really don't want Rashi Rice right there, but at least he plays for Kansas City. And if he gets a value boost where they're like, Rashi Rice looks great. And then all you do is, we saw this on Twitter last week where he had a catch from Mahomes and run, and everybody was like, Rashi Rice to the moon. And you're thinking it was just a catch. But use these, particularly these startup board values, to your advantage. Um, 
You could go down further, and at this point, it's completely just dart throws. What I like about this is this data is presented by Adaiko, who is on Twitter. It's at Adaiko underscore FF, who scrapes all the data from all the sleeper drafts. So this is actual drafts that people are participating in. This is not keep trade cut where you're just clicking values and things like that. These are actual values. And you can use the trades too. These are all the trades and all the sleeper drafts. So it's actually useful information that you can do. So I just want to kind of bring this up to everyone's attention. I think these are fascinating to look at and how they stack up with your tiers. For, for me, like Kendra is jumping Charbonnet. I'm flipping Charbonnet with Kendra. Like those are how those abilities. I just like as much as I like Charbonnet, I don't, I don't like the situation where it's at. Whereas like Kendra can make an impact year one, a significant impact. Um, I know some people don't think he's going to like Jamal Williams, like Jamal Williams is not special. Jamal Williams is very much a locker room guy. He's great, but like, he's not that good of a running back anymore. Whereas like Devin, a chain, it's like, hello, Miami landing spot, really good running back, really good production profile. And he's got the killer speed element, which they love. Um, I was making the case for Devin Shane. I got him at 110, and I was like, yeah, smash it, accept that all day. Like, why What's why not, I guess, was a better case. Because at that point, the 110 is kind of the cutoff where you're like, who do I take? Yeah, Devin Shane. That's where I want. And in the ninth round, I'm happy to play pay, pay that price. I'd rather pay that than Devin Cook at 810, or I don't want Dalvin Cook at 810. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. Cook may outproduce the chain. Like, that would not surprise me, but... He's going to get cut. We don't know where he's going to end up. It would be hilarious if he ended up in Miami. That would just be hilarious to see those two just share the field together. But, yeah, Cook's an interesting one. His production profile is not that great. He's never been a significant, like, target earner. Um, and last year, his efficiency just fell off a cliff where his expected yards for rushing attempt, like, they went way down. Um, yeah, it, it may be the end of times for Cook. He's still going to be on the field earning work. Like, this is – thing with Zeke Elliott, Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt. These guys are not super efficient anymore, but they're good enough to earn to earn work. So if you're if you're that worried about it, yeah, you can do it. But why not just get Aaron Jones, who's still efficient? That's the thing. Like Jones is still a good running back and he's getting the volume. So just go get Aaron Jones. Um yeah. So that's kind of what I want to touch base on. Uh, use these particular values and then kind of create a picture with the values. You're like, what's the case for Will Levis to gain value? Well, the Titans suck. About week five, they they bench Tannehill because it's just not going well. Will Levis steps in. He's playing, right? And that's an immediate spike in value. You can do this with a lot of these guys. It Where other guys where it gets a bit harder, where if it's, say, if you don't believe in Hendon Hooker or Tajay Spears, like, what's the case for Tajay Spears this year? The, the team basically, Henry needs to get hurt or they need to trade Derrick Henry because he's not taking work from Derrick Henry, right? He may compliment henry and he might be like not even really the 1a like he'd be like 1b to henry just because tennessee significantly lacks weapons but they're really not going to take rushing attempts away for henry to get to spears so how does he find his way onto the field and that's where you kind of have to shift shift your brain to more redraft mindset because while we play dynasty in three-year windows quote unquote these dynasty values fluctuate week to week and that's what you're trying to do to take advantage once you get into second round with these guys you're, you're trying to find ways where you can either ride out the value and enjoy the new production and value they have or flip them for vets that are lacking. Like realistically, you're really close into the DeAndre Hopkins, Deontay Johnson range. It won't take much for someone like Will Levis to gain value over those guys, Michael Mayer, 
or even Jonathan Mingo, Kendra Miller, just based on where they're at. So if you want to, you draft them. And if you if you don't like the guy, you can always flip them. There's, there's, I know we always say this, but someone in your league will want one of these rookie players, right? So keep that in mind and just go from there. But this is kind of just what I wanted to break down today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, as we move on, I wanted to really just more get into more redraft mindset as we're starting to solidify projections. Who's going to be the RB2 on each team? Like, it'll be fun to watch as training camp rolls along who steps up and which guys gain value. So just keep that in mind and enjoy it. Um, but that was my quick little breakdown. I just wanted to get that off the chest, see where we're going from here, and just talk about a little bit more rookies. So anyways, uh, I hope you guys take care, and we'll talk a little bit later on this week. See ya. Have you ever felt? Are you listening? Damn.